Welcome to Mott 10 Sports in this March 9th, 2023 episode. We have played the first round of the SEC tournament with both Ole Miss and LSU advancing last night and start the second round today with four very intriguing matchups. If you can't tell, I'm fired up. I love championship week. Getting into the tournament last week is just one of the best times of the year. Uh, we will go over the second round matchups, Vegas odds to who will win the SEC tournament, and the odds for today's matchups. We're three days away from Selection Sunday, and I will give you the latest bracketology, bracketology in regards to the SEC heading into the final 72 hours. How about Chris Beard, the former Texas coach, potentially heading to Ole Miss, according to some reports? I will give you my thoughts. We have some really good midweek matchups between the SEC, some group of five teams, along with Tennessee getting everything they could handle and more against Boston College on Tuesday night on the Diamond. And then finally, I'll go over the matchups for this upcoming weekend in baseball. And remember, this is the last weekend, last um, slated non-conference play, weekend non-conference play before conference play heats up next week. Again, great time, championship week, NCAA tournament. Conference play is about to start heating up in baseball. Couldn't ask for any more, but let's start with it. Tip of the cap. It's going to be outside the conference here, folks. I mentioned it on the SEC action video I put on social media. Boston College's coach did a hell of a job adjusting here. I believe at the bottom of the ninth, so they're tied in this midweek action. Tennessee-Boston College tied. Boston College pretty good ACC team this year. Vols have the winning run at third, bottom of the ninth. Winning run at third, bottom of the ninth, no outs. Just setting the setting scene for you. Bottom ninth, tie ball game, winning run on third. Tennessee gets this guy in, they win the game. Boston College is up, up you know what, creek without a paddle right now with no, no outs. So their coach decides to put five infielders in and roll with two outfielders. So they get a ground out to first, they make a pitching change, and then they have their outfielders, they have... Tennessee's batter, so I forget who it was for Tennessee because I was at the Southern Miss Ole Miss baseball game. But watching the video, they had him so well scouted. They put, remember, they only have two outfielders out there. They brought five infielders in from a scheme standpoint. They put him right and left center field. And if they're playing straight up, any other at bat, it's a single Tennessee wins the game. We're not even talking about it. They line him up in left center field, one of their two outfielders. Line drive right to him. The winning run tries to tag, throws him out, double play. We move on to the top of the 10th. Ultimately, Boston College wins in extra innings. Big win for Boston College, snaps Tennessee's 12-game winning streak. But how about the Boston College baseball manager there? Honestly, we're going to look him up right now. Boston College baseball coach. I just when I saw that on Twitter, Mike Gambino, like tip of the cap, man. That is just that is how it's done, man. Just adjusting, man. Bring some five. You get no outs. Bottom of the ninth, you bring five infielder five infielders in. I get it. A little bit of your own shift. Not going to let anything get out of the um, infield. And you're assuming anything. In the outfield probably wins in the game. But you had him perfectly scouted, left center field, double play. Hell of a job by Coach Cambino and his Boston College Eagle squad. So that's how I wanted to start off. Tip of the cap. If you haven't seen it, I retweeted it, and I'll go retweet it and post it uh, today. It, it, it's the exact it's the exact play. So if you go to my Twitter account, you will see it's retweeted by me, I believe, yesterday. So that it's the exact play on video that I'm discussing. But I wanted to give Mike Gambino, the coach for the Boston College Eagles, and his Boston College Eagles, a tip of cap in general, going into Knoxville, getting a big win. Big win for Boston College midweek. But wanted to bring that up. That was very impressive. 
uh, strategy, not letting the game, uh, not letting the emotions of the game get it, uh, get the best of you as a coach there uh, in the 11th hour and the bottom of the ninth. But great job by Coach Gambino. But moving on, Chris Beard reports. What's the what's is interested in the Ole Miss job, and Ole Miss is interested in him. And randomly enough, people I'm talking about here, he, he's living in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm hearing right now. That's where he's at. I don't know why, but he's in Mississippi, about a two and a half hour drive up to Oxford. I've heard they met. I it was not in Oxford. I bet it was somewhere in Jackson. But like I've said, I'm sure if you heard, Chris Beard and Ole Miss have both mutual interest in the current Ole Miss basketball head coaching job. With it being reported, Ole Miss Chancellor Dr. Glenn Boyce and Athletics Director Keith Carter are currently zeroing in on naming ex-Texas coach Chris Beard to be the next head coach of Ole Miss men's basketball program. According to multiple reports, Beard was fired by Texas in January after he was arrested on December 12th and charged with third-degree felony assault on a family household member. It was his fiance. Later revealed to be Beard's fiance, Randy True. True later said there was no assault and that Beard was just using self-defense in a physical struggle between the couple. Quote, this is Chris Beard quote, I am pleased with the announcement that the charges against me have been dismissed. While I've always had faith and confidence in the truth in this outcome, it's been extremely challenging to wait patiently and not publicly respond. I'm sorry and, deep, I'm sorry and deeply remorseful to my family, friends, all my players and staff, both most recent and past, and everyone at my alma mater, the University of Texas. Just from a basketball perspective, you're not going to get a better name out there right now than Chris Beard. I'm sorry, I should have closed the quote after the University of Texas, but that's me saying that. Just from a basketball perspective, you are not going to get a better name out there. The guy's won everywhere. I'm about to read you his resume. Beard boasts an overall head coaching record of 237-98. It's a 70% winning percentage in his 10-4 in NCAA tournament games. He was previously named AP in CBS Sports Coach of the Year in 2019, along with being named back-to-back Big 12 Conference Coach of the Year in 18 and 19. All coming as the head coach at Texas Tech, prior to his stints at Texas Tech in Texas, Beard was named Sunbelt Conference Coach of the Year at Little Rock, Arkansas-Little Rock in 2016. After one year at Little Rock, Beard coached the Texas Tech Red Raiders from 16 to 21, 2016 to 21. In five seasons, Beard went to three NCAA tournaments, advancing the round of 32 in all three trips. In 2018-19, Beard led the Red Raiders to the NCAA National Championship game against Virginia and came up short. His tenure in Lubbock featured a 112-55 record, uh, which is a 671% winning percentage, or sorry, 67% winning percentage, 49-40 and 40 record in conference play. After that, Beard left to go back to his alma mater in Texas. That is the summary of his resume. Guys won at Arkansas Little Rock, Texas Tech, who did not have a lot of success. I know people can say, Bobby Knight goes there. Well, he surpassed that. They played in a national championship game at Texas Tech. Uh, now to my point. Now my understanding of this from talking to people is AD Keith Carter. Now remember, Keith Carter played at Ole Miss. He was a part of that team where Bryce drew for Valparaiso, I believe it was 98, hit that half-court shot you always see in the commercials during NCAA tournament time in March. Keith Carter was on that team, played basketball at Ole Miss, has a lot of pride in the basketball program. I'm hearing he, as the athletics director, is not overly fired up about this potential hire. Not fired up at all. Um... I don't know where that goes. It's coming from above him. People from above him are really pushing this. The real question Ole Miss has to ask themselves is do they want to be relevant in their third sport? And what I'm talking about is in Ole Miss, it goes football, baseball, basketball, in that order of relevance and who they care about. 
Remember, baseball won a national championship last year. Football is the sport in this conference. I think Keith Carter sitting there is the risk worth the reward. It will only help themselves in the SEC from a financial standpoint, in my opinion. Let me break it down for you. Of the 68 teams that play in the tournament from the start, the respective conferences will have a basketball performance fund, which is around $170 million last year. For each game played, hear me out, each team's conference will get a payout based on its performance over a six-year rolling period with the units distri distributed for its participation. A unit's value will rise 3% every year. If a team makes it to the final, they can make as many as five units, according to Sportico. A unit was worth $337,000 in 2021. In 2022, $169 million was paid out from the performance fund that I just mentioned. For the bigger conferences, this payout is a bonus. Uh, for some of the smaller conferences, you know, it can account for a major source of their revenue. But my point is, the conference in the school can make a lot of money for the NCAA tournament. Especially the conference is going to make it and they're going to split it up. To my point, I totally understand the off-the-field stuff right now with Chris Beard. But that is why you do your complete due diligence and talk to everyone in involved. And I'll be honest with you, including his fiance, Mrs. True, I would sit her down and be, hey, you need to be totally up front with me. I need to know all the details of what's going on. I, I'm, a, I'm turning over every rock, every piece of paper, every document. I'm talking to lawyers, agents, everybody. Remember who represents him. Jimmy Sexton represents Chris Beard here. I want all the information if I'm Ole Miss and Keith Carter. Now, remember, he hasn't been charged with anything. The charges have been dropped. If you've done your background on the situation, you should feel at peace and know that after a week or two, some of their story will come out that will have people's attention. Use this as your traditional seller-dweller in basketball to your advantage. I mean, if this was Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky hiring uh, Chris Beard after all this happened in December and January, we'd hear about this for a very long time because there's three blue bloods. But again, it's just Ole Miss basketball. No offense to Ole Miss fans. It's just Ole Miss basketball. I feel like most Ole Miss fans have probably said that before unconsciously. It's just basketball, especially when they're not good. Take a chance. Become relevant. And that's me. Remember, that's if you've done all your homework. Me, myself, I'm the AD. I'm going to do all my homework on this guy. Like I said, turn over every rock. And, again, if I personally feel comfortable with that, with, I, with all the information that comes back, and I feel like, hey, this isn't going to happen again. Could have been a misunderstanding. Maybe not. Maybe you find out information that you don't like and you move on to your next candidate. That's fine as well. Not... I forget, so people sometimes, I, I feel like, even in college football, we forget this. Just because you find out some disappointing news doesn't mean it's bad. You actually learn something, and you can go a different direction. All information is good. It's just how you utilize it. But another thing we're not even talking about here, does Chris Beard even really want this Ole Miss job? But yeah, he's talking to him. He's interested. Hell, he's living in Jackson, Mississippi right now. Um, is he really interested, or is he going to hold out for other suitors like maybe his old employer just got rid of Mark Adams, Texas Tech. Is it too soon to bring him back after leaving uh, Texas Tech in the middle of the night for Big 12 rival? Granted, Texas was his alma mater. But you got other schools like Louisville that are, gonna, that are open. Will they be talking to Chris Beard? I'm sure they're vetting him. I'm sure they're trying to see if they can get cleared. In another area, if you're Ole Miss, is this a long-term answer for you if you're Ole Miss? Is he going to leave after two to three years with success? My answer to that is yes, but it's going to put you on the map and probably be able to get you to hire someone else down the line. Um, again, though, from what I understanding, Keith Carter does not want to hire this, the, uh, hire Chris, Bar Chris Beard. This is coming over his head here. 
Uh, it looks like it's probably going to happen, and it looks like Ole Miss probably did their homework. I'm giving Ole Miss the benefit of the doubt here in saying they did their homework, they feel comfortable hiring him, they're okay with taking the media rap for a week or two. And again, it's Ole Miss basketball. It's going to go away. If I was Ole Miss, I'm dropping this news next week right before the tournament starts. No one will remember two and a half, three weeks after the tournament starts. We're heading into April of the Final Four. People are wondering who's going to be crowned the 2023 NCAA Tournament National Champions. People are going to forget about that. It's Ole Miss basketball, like I said. Take a chance, Ole Miss. If you want to become relevant, make sure you do your homework. And if you feel comfortable at the end with the information you had and that you can trust your new head coach and Chris Beard to not have anything like this domestic violence stuff come up again, I say hire him. Because you know what? He's the best available basketball coach out there from a college perspective, and he's going to win. He's won everywhere he's been at. Arkansas Little Rock, who's never won in basketball. Texas Tech has never had the success he had in college basketball. Texas, they didn't fire him because he wasn't winning. And understand, off the field stuff, not representing the university well, his alma mater well, they let him go. But the charges were dropped. Do your homework, Ole Miss. You feel comfortable, you hire a winning basketball coach. That's my thoughts on it. Let's head to Nashville 2023 SEC basketball tournament. Like we mentioned, Ole Miss getting a 67-61 win over South Carolina to advance to play Tennessee in the second game today. Uh, it was back and forth. I thought, I honestly thought South Carolina pulled this out. Ole Miss, though, has been playing a lot better with more passion. Really, since Kermit Davis left, that is not a shot to Kermit Davis. Coach Wynn has done a good job uh, get rallying this team, especially with a lot of distractions to find out who their next head coach could be. Just what's going on around the uh, whole program right now. But Ole Miss advances, survives another day. LSU, the 14 seed, gets the 72-67 win over Georgia. Uh, I liked LSU in this one. 14 seed getting it done. They will advance to play Vanderbilt tonight in the nightcap. Um, LSU played pretty good basketball last night. Uh, got Georgia. They were up 12 at halftime. Hannibal, Trey Hannibal, just attacking the rim like a damn kamikaze, man. Like, uh, very aggressive. LSU stayed within themselves last night, getting the win, getting the opportunity to play Vanderbilt. Today's schedule, starting us off, game three at noon, Mississippi State, the nine seed, will take on the eight seed, Florida Gators. Um, this should be a good matchup. I lean Mississippi State in this game. Uh, let me look at the line real fast. Mississippi State is favored. Mississippi State's favored by three and a half right now going into today. This game kicks off at noon. Winner will get Alabama on Friday. I like Mississippi State in this one. Ole Miss, 13 seed after the winning South Carolina, will play Tennessee 25 minutes after that. Tennessee, the five seed. Uh, winner of this game gets Missouri in the second game on Friday. Right now, Tennessee's an 11 and a half point favorite over the Reds. I like Tennessee to win this game straight up. I think they'll advance to play Missouri on Friday. They're my favorite game of the day by far, the 10-seed Arkansas Razorbacks. Just think about that. Arkansas is cemented themselves into the NCAA tournament. They're a lock. Is a, and they're a 10-seed in the SEC right now. Crazy. The metrics, the computers love Arkansas. They're mid-major wins. A lot of them went and won their conference. The computers like Arkansas. They're playing 7-seed Auburn, who punched their ticket to the tournament with a win against Tennessee this past Saturday. Arkansas is currently favored by a point and a half. Winner... Gets the right to go take on Texas A&M in the evening game tomorrow. I like Arkansas in this one, and I've been saying it. I think the winner of this one goes and wins a couple games. I mean, I'll get to you my championship prediction. Uh, I told you that last episode. I got Alabama versus Arkansas. So I, I think Arkansas is going to win this, and I have them going on a run. Tough stretch. I mean, you get A&M after this, then you're probably going to get either Kentucky or Vandy. It's a tough stretch on that side of the bracket, but I feel like Arkansas has got the talent. Does that March little magic from Musselman come out that – he has it all coming off their back-to-back -back elite eight performances. 
they start turning it on here. It's a new season, postseason. Throw away the regular season. They're in the uh, NCAA tournament. They should come and lose. This will be a fun game. Both these teams have openly stated they do not like each other. So this will be fun. Winner gets Texas A&M, remember. And then finally, LSU, after beating Georgia last night, gets the six-seed Vanderbilt Commodores in the late game tonight, probably starting around 8.15, 8.30. Currently, there's no line out, just probably because LSU finished a couple hours ago. If I had to guess, I would probably say Vandy's favored by three and a half, four, five wouldn't shot me. Remember, Vanderbilt just about two or three weeks ago went to Baton Rouge and lost. Uh, probably in the tournament right now. Probably on the right side in without that. They try to avenge it. Winner gets Big Blue Nation in Kentucky uh in the late game on friday with that one i like vanderbilt to advance so today's winners i'm gonna go with mississippi state tennessee arkansas and vanderbilt no crazy upsets i mean you can call it a 10-7 game over arkansas but arkansas is favored according to vegas they're they're better than a 10 seed so i think that would set us up with tomorrow's matchups in the quarters with mississippi state versus alabama uh tennessee versus missouri arkansas texas a&m and vanderbilt versus kentucky uh, like I mentioned, odds to win the SEC tournament heading into today right now. We got Alabama plus 150, Tennessee plus 300. Big drop off after Alabama. Kentucky plus 450, Texas A&M plus 500, Arkansas plus 1200, Auburn plus 1500, Missouri plus 2500, Vanderbilt plus 3500, Mississippi State plus 4500, Florida plus, whoo, oh, shoot, those lines aren't even... Uh, yeah, plus 10,000, Georgia plus 50,000, Ole Miss plus 50,000, South Carolina plus 80,000, and obviously LSU plus uh, 100,000. But obviously South Carolina and Georgia are now out, so you can cross them out. Uh, odds have probably improved a little bit for LSU. These are numbers before last night's game, so that's where we're standing right now with the odds to win the SEC tournament. Bracketology, heading into the old bracketology Heading into the Joe Lenardi bracketology for you. It's just Mississippi State's the team that is going to have to have a big day. Um, now, according to Joe Lenardi, the last time he updated his bracket. Here we go. Let's pull the most updated one. Here we go. Right now. All right. So he's got Kansas to the overall number one seed, is which Alabama is fighting to get. He's got Mississippi State moved up to the last four buys. The last four by their last team in the last four buys. So they're in right now. They wouldn't even be in the play-in game right now. But today, they have to beat Florida. I think that moves them into the last four in, and they're probably going to end up being out just with some bid stealers and somebody else. Today, I think it's a must-win for Florida in this early one. I don't think it hurts them if they lose to Alabama tomorrow just because Alabama's a number two net team. It's not going to hurt you, win or lose. Today, though, I think if they beat Florida, they're in. If they lose, whoo, some sweaty hands and some short fingernails come Sunday during Selection Sunday for State. Uh, right now, he's also still got Alabama's the one seed in the South region right now. Um, he's got Mississippi State straight up as an 11 seed. He's got Texas A&M as a 7 seed. Arkansas locked in as a 9 seed. Tennessee locked in as a 3 seed right now. Um, you got Auburn locked in as a 9 seed. He's moved Auburn all the way back to the 8-9. And I'll be honest with you, I'd rather be in the 7-10 matchup than the 8-9 just because you get a number one seed right after that uh, if you're the 8-9 seed. You got Kentucky is a six seed. Missouri is an eight seed. Uh, so where it is, I mean, the team, I think it could move potentially it's seeding up. I mean, let's think. I think Texas A&M is a seven seed. If they play well this week, made it to Sunday, they could get to a five seed. 
I think somebody like them could get in. I think Auburn's pretty locked in at an 8 or 9 seed unless they won the thing but could maybe get down to a 7. But remember, the committee doesn't take the conference tournament's that serious. I mean, remember Texas A&M last year. They just go on to show it. Tennessee didn't really move any seed line after winning the tournament last year. There's not going to be some massive movement, I don't think. Alabama's not really going to... Alabama could probably lock in the number one seed winning the thing, but as we've learned, the NCAA tournament doesn't really seed it like that. It's about uh, geography and proximity. Uh, Arkansas, I think they're going to be locked in. It's probably an 8-9, maybe a 7. They're in that similar situation as Auburn. Tennessee... Uh, could they get to that two-line? Sure. I just really don't think a lot of these teams are really going to move their seed much, probably outside of probably Texas A&M and I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky could move that seed line because he's got them. We just talked about it. He's got – let's go back to them. He has Kentucky right now. Where do he have them? He had Kentucky six seed. I mean, Kentucky plays well. I think they could get to a five. I think if they won this thing, they could get to a five. I think they could move one spot. They could get to the five seed. But not a lot of movement. Maybe one, uh, maybe a seed up, maybe a seed down for most teams. Besides, I think Kentucky or Texas A&M, no one else could really change their seeding that much. But that still didn't take away from the fact that teams, I mean, you heard Patrick Young uh, on Tuesday's episode, a lot of these teams, even the good programs, really want to win. It means something to go win your conference title. I mean, look at the way these teams celebrate the end. It's championship week. It's March. Just winning championships, getting that platform with your teammates, with your brothers, and celebrating, holding up a championship after all the offseason work, foreign tours, just being together. These basketball teams are a lot closer because there's only 12 or 13 guys on a team than these football teams. So I think it's a bigger deal to them, and that's why I love uh, March Madness, championship week. But those are just some kind of those are, those are the odds. Those are that's the SEC tournament second round action we got heading into really what I consider the first real day of the SEC tournament uh, from a basketball standpoint. Remember, from a basketball standpoint, I will be tweeting, putting stuff on social media all day. Stay tuned from that standpoint. But we're gonna transition to SEC baseball, some midweek action, just from Tuesday's action. I talked about it briefly. We got Missouri getting the Missouri got the six nothing win over Western Illinois. Kentucky got the six two win over Murray State. Arkansas was down four nothing early, but rallied back to get a seven five win over Army. Remember, Army's usually a regional team. They were in the Hattiesburg Regional last year. Not a bad midweek foe. But good win for Arkansas in the midweek. Vanderbilt getting the twelve one win over Tennessee Tech. Like I mentioned, Florida getting the 18-11 win over FAU, one of the first of two games that they swept from the Owls. Georgia getting a 17-11 high-scoring run affair against Georgia Southern. That was their first win in the two-game sweep over Georgia Southern. Just mentioned it, tip of the cap, Boston College getting the 7-6 win in 10 innings in Knoxville on Tuesday. Uh, Alabama heading to Birmingham got the 11-6 win over the Sanford Bulldogs. Mississippi State got the 12-2 win over Valparaiso. Auburn beat UAB 4-1. Texas A&M got a 13-5 win over Incarnate Word. South Carolina got an 8-1 win over the Citadel. And Ole Miss with the biggest win of the midweek uh, got the 11-5 win over in-state foe. Top 25, number 22nd ranked Southern Miss. I was there. Uh, Ole Miss, Southern Miss got a 1-0 win, a 1-0 lead. Top of the first, Ole Miss, both teams kind of got into each other's bullpen and hit them around a little bit, but really Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss just swing the stick really well right now. Played well in Minneapolis the weekend before, getting three big wins against Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland, and then getting a big top 25 midweek win against Southern Miss. Both SEC schools, Ole Miss and State, have gotten their midweek win against Southern Miss. Southern Miss and Ole Miss will play again in Pearl at Trustmark Park again. But Ole Miss playing really well right now. Need to get the bullpen fixed. Moving to Wednesday's action. Kentucky got the 9-2 win over Ohio. Vanderbilt got the 2-1 win over Evansville. 
Georgia got the sweep over Georgia Southern in a 9-4 win on Wednesday night. Florida, same situation, got the midweek sweep over FAU 11-0 on Wednesday. South Carolina got the 19-1 win over South Carolina Upstate. Alabama got a 21-7 win over Alabama State. Auburn beats in-state foe Jacksonville State 6-3. LSU beats Lamar 9-2. And Texas A&M beats in-state foe Rice 6-1. Again, what I'm noticing so far in basically the bullpen, the bat mid-innings mid late, if people can go get their starters five, six innings, it's tough for some of these teams to close out six, seven, eighth, and the ninth innings right now. I mean, Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss is bullpen got a little bit of, uh, from a hit standpoint, roughed up a little bit against Southern Miss. But even Florida, they got three studs on the bump for them on the weekends. But even the bullpen struggles a little bit. I think that's going to be the answer in the SEC this this year is whose bullpen can stay consistent for 10 weeks to ultimately give them the best shot to win week in, week out, and especially those Sunday games that, as y'all know, come down to so many rubber matchups. If y'all know in the SEC, the key is to hold serve at home and do not get swept on the road, and you're probably in hosting conversation. I'm dead serious. You play 30 games in the SEC, 14 wins, you go 14 and 16, you're probably in the tournament. 15 and 15, you're in a host conversation. 16 and 14, 17 and 13, you're in a national seed, top eight seed, uh, super regional host seed. That's just how this conference is. It's two or three game break. Look at Alabama last year. Lost as many 1-1 games as anyone in the country by far in the conference. I think they went 13 and 17 in conference, won a couple games. The SEC tournament wasn't enough. The key number is 14. And like I say, you hold serve at home and avoid getting swept on the road. You're going to do so. You're going to have a solid seed, if not hosting, heading into postseason. This weekend preview, a little underwhelming, kind of reminded me of uh, the week before rivalry week for you football folks out there, that week before the Iron Bowl for Georgia-Georgia Tech, Florida-Florida State, LSU-Texas A&M, games like that. Ole Miss-Mississippi State before the big rivalry week, week before Thanksgiving. This is kind of what the baseball weekend is because next week we start conference play. Not as many great weekend series heading up. No challenges or anything. Everybody's in a three-game set. But leading off, uh, starting on Friday through Sunday, we got the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Yes, you heard me right. Heading to Columbia, Missouri. They're actually not a bad squad. I looked them up. Should be competitive. Missouri should at least get the series win here, though. Probably one of the best series of the weekend, though. Louisiana Tech, remember, they, they, took, they had a two-game set against Ole Miss two weeks ago. Won the first one and were up when a rain delay started, but they already passed six innings. If you remember, you can go look it up. Louisiana Tech's coach was pretty hot. He wanted to continue that game. It would have been big for them from an RPI standpoint because Conference USA isn't that good. They don't get that many RPI game opportunities. So they would have swept Ole Miss. That would have been big. They got one, but Louisiana Tech's a good team. Consistent regional team. Projected to be a three-seed in the regionals right now. Head to Arkansas for a three-game set. Probably the best series this weekend in conference. Charleston Southern, not very good squad, heads to Athens for a three-game set. Oil Marymount uh, heads to Nashville for a three-game set with Vanderbilt. Sneaky West Coast team, um, if played well against some teams, Vanderbilt should get two out of three, but it's just not totally easy series right there. Uh, Moorhead State heads to Knoxville to play Tennessee for three. Uh, Moorhead State's already got knocked around by Louisville, Kentucky already in non-conference. Tennessee should get a sweep heading into next week. Sienna heads to Gainesville to get a three-game series in with Florida. Florida should sweep that. Columbia, the reigning Ivy League champions, head to Tuscaloosa. Columbia's not as good as they were last year. 
But this will be Alabama's first real test from a series standpoint. The Ivy League champs, uh, they got a win. With the, they were in the Blacksburg Regional, I think, last year. Got a win over Gonzaga in the first round. Yeah, they won two games in the Regional last year. So this will be Alabama's first real test. Alabama should still at least get the series win. Alabama is the only unbeaten team in the SEC right now. Have not played a Power 5 team. I don't think they played a team with an RPI under 200. Haven't really been tested. But Alabama has handled their business, especially guys like Colby Shelton. Just, man, just hitting the cover off the baseball right now. Great week. A lot of home runs for Alabama. Alabama's playing real well right now. If they can get Garrett McMillan back, their Friday starter from injury, they got a, they got a shot. Alabama should make a regional this year. Heading to the next series, Lipscomb, who fought really hard against Auburn what two, last weekend, uh, heads to Mississippi State and Starville. That will not be an easy series for Mississippi State, especially with the way they're pitching woes. Uh, have been going. They got to figure it out here the next week, or they're going to get roughed around in conference play. Sneaky series though for Mississippi State. They should be able to get two or three. Uh, Kentucky uh, heads to Southern Illinois to play a three-game set. Kentucky should get that one. Southeastern Louisiana, Louisiana heads to Auburn for a three-game set. Northern Kentucky uh, heads to Texas A&M for a three-game set. Bethune Cookman heads to Columbia, South Carolina for a three-game set against the Gamecocks. Sanford heads to Baton Rouge for a three-game set against LSU, and then Purdue comes to Oxford to play Ole Miss in a three-game set. I feel like Ole Miss played everybody in the uh, Big Ten, played a three-game set against Maryland, played Nebraska, Maryland, and Minnesota, and now got a three-game set against Purdue. So they're not far off, but that is the weekend schedule heading into the last weekend of non-conference play in SEC baseball. Again, I keep talking about it. I'm jacked. Conference play starts next week. But that is today's episode. We got you in and out. Hey, we got you in and out so you can get your coffee in you. Get your mind right because we got some SEC basketball coming at you in about three and a half hours, four hours. Uh, first one leading off from Mississippi State, Florida. Should be a fantastic day. Should be a fantastic week. A lot going on in the conference. I'm here to bring it to you. Uh, I am Jack. I hope you enjoy this conference tournament, this baseball weekend, just as much as I did or I will. Um, I appreciate you joining us for this episode of Mock 10 Sports. You have a great rest of your week. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.